Welcome to Life of the Deep End. We are your hosts, Jordan Bone and Samantha Bromfield. After facing challenges of our own, we wanted our voices to be heard, to authentically share not only our stories and experiences, but life lessons we are learning along the way. To show you that despite any struggle you may face, life can be fulfilling and amazing, because ultimately, you are the creator of your reality. You may often feel alone, but we are here to confirm that you are not. So So let's let's dive dive into into the the deep end. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode. Jordan is unable to join us this week but I'm joined by my lovely guest Dave, also known on Instagram as Sitting Bull UK. So welcome to the podcast Dave. Hey thanks for having me. It's uh, an honour and a privilege to be a part of the team today. Thank you for joining us or joining me (laughs) today. Um, So myself and Dave met or were introduced virtually, shall I say, through a support group called MS Together, which we have actually got the founder of that. She is booked in as well. She'll be doing an episode with us to tell everyone all about it. Um, Because like myself, Dave, you've also been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Did I see in the year 2014? Uh, yeah, 2014 was the, the lucky year for me. Yeah, so I, I thought before we, or before I dive into asking you about all the achievements and everything that's happened since, would you mind sort of telling us a bit about the lead up and diagnosis and the yeah. you started experiencing? Yeah, so on the the lead up to, to MS, I was... What was I doing? I was training for for strongman, so I was competing in and uh, training for for strongman, like like I said. And I was I was kind of I felt like I was the strongest uh, I've I've ever been. So previous to strongman life, I was in the military, um, and I did a lot of boxing. I was a very active person. I did a lot of mountain walking, and then uh, left the army. Got a bit complacent and a bit board of a regular routine so so wanted to, to find something a bit a bit extra special so found strongman so as soon as I started competing in strongman I knew I loved it I knew I was I was supposed to be doing it so I kind of grasped every opportunity of, of competing I competed every weekend I could I was training uh, you know five six days a week and also on top of this I was working um quite a lot I was working about 90 hours a week when my wife was at university studying to be a mental health nurse so I um so it it was it was just a a random day I can't remember if I woke up or, or what happened but my my arm went numb and I was training for quite a heavy competition so my assumption was that I trapped a nerve in in my neck, which I think mm-hmm. is quite common for people with MS to to think this, because one of the the side effects of trapping a nerve uh, is you know you, you kind of lose feeling where that nerve is going. Yeah. Um, so I thought I trapped a nerve. Uh, I thought it was funny. I was telling my mates, "I'll oh, punch me in the arm," you know, do, doing dude stuff basically, um, and then it. It kind of escalated after about two weeks. It escalated from my right arm to the right side of my body, and eventually it was in my legs and uh, in my face. It it was everywhere. So um, I kind of got a bit a bit nervous about it. Uh, I kind of kind of left it another couple of weeks, but then my wife uh, forced me to go to the uh, doctors. 
and I, I spoke to my doctor on the phone and he the first question he asked me is do, do you think you're having a stroke I was like well gosh I hope not but I've, I've never had one before so I couldn't, yeah. couldn't tell you if I was but if, if I was it was a very very long stroke because this these symptoms have been here for you know about about a month now mm. um but <laughs> yeah. they they sent me straight away to uh to uh ambulatory um, i can never say this word i can spell it but i can't say it ambulatory care um in hospital is oh, where you wow. go when they they, they, they kind of send you there when they don't know what's wrong with you so right. it's kind of where yeah it's yeah. kind of where you go it's not quite a and e because you're not it's not an emergency um but you know you need to get sorted out because it's you know, it's, it's weird. Um, yeah. so, so I went there, I think I spent about a week there in and out, in and out. Um, I had a number of blood tests, uh, a number of MRIs, uh, and it was, it, it came back. I, I was relatively, you know, it's, it's sad to say that you're lucky you've got MS, but the way I got it was, was quite lucky I, I knew within about a week that it was ms i know people are fighting for diagnosis for for years and years but um i because because the ms ran in my family um it was quite clear to the con consultant the neurologist that you know this this is ms um but he still sent me for a lumbar puncture which was a bit Bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I think he had a bit of a, a weird fetish for seeing big yeah. men in pain. So, yeah. Well, he wasn't even there, but I'm sure he filmed it somewhere. But he, um, yeah, sent for a sent for a lumbar puncture. But um, that was a bloody nightmare of a day. So we we went for that, uh, and I guess I was there for probably about seven or eight hours, just mm. just waiting. And you know, they they were trying to get it because I was I was a big guy at the time. I couldn't get in the position you needed to get in, so it's like the fetal in, sort of position. Yeah, you have to get in, that, mm. in the fetal position. I couldn't, I couldn't stay there for long enough because of, I had no flexibility at all. I was like a lump of cheese, um, and and then I, they they were trying to draw it and they kept missing and they kept hitting my spine and oh. I could feel it and it wasn't hurting. It's just a weird sensation that. You know, I can't, can't describe and... Oh, it makes my teeth feel funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so weird. And they kept missing and drawing out blood, so... And, and probably about five or six attempts of these these two doctors trying to drain it, they, they finally got it out. And, you know, I was like, yes, this is this is it. This is home time now. But they dropped it on the floor and they smashed it. And oh, my, no. my spine fluid went everywhere. And I think I cried and then the doctors cried. And then they, they, they sent me back. They said that you've got to come back, but can you come back and the x-ray and get it done? So straight away, I was, I was planning that day trip. That was, that was going to be another fun day. Yeah. But the, the worst thing was between my second lumbar puncture appointment um, and my first one, I had a, a consultant contact me and it, it was my, my actual consultant at the hospital. So the, the guy I saw before, he was on secondment from Greece. Right. So I went to see uh, my doctor now, Dr. Lyons in Bath uh, Hospital. And he was like, yeah, you, you don't need a lumbar puncture. We know you've got MS. The, but in Greece, they said, where the, the, the first doctor is from, they send everyone for a lumbar puncture, apparently. Even if you're pregnant, they'll send you for a lumbar puncture. Lumbar so puncture, like, that's the way oh, forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks a lot for that. Um, but yeah, and it was, it was probably about... 
a month or so after that they they officially said it was ms so it's very um very quick process for me very very odd yeah. and quick process mine was similar in that sense really mine was very quick quick as well i i'd had issues like on and off for a few years with my hand with what you're describing but just in my mm. hand but yeah. i mean we'll get to it in a minute we've got different types of ms i believe yeah and, I have relapsed and remitting. So before I knew anything was wrong, this issues that I'd have with my hand and not being able to grip anything or it being numb would eventually go. Yeah. So I'd been to a few doctors and kind of got, oh, it might be repetitive strain syndrome. Oh, it might be this. And because it would go, I'd just be on whatever. Like Yeah, when it's when it's gone, it's so yeah, I'd be so like, I can't bother to chase it up anymore because doctors can be a pain. <laughs> um yeah. then one week it sort of started in my leg and like you said it it slowly grew like all down one side of my body so things sort of escalated from there and I went into hospital for a week and was kept in hospital the whole time and left it pretty much knowing it was MS so I didn't get my formal diagnosis until a couple months later with the results of the lumbar puncture but yeah. like they'd done an MRI and they'd done everything else. And they said, look, this, we're like 98% sure that is what it is. Yeah. So mine was pretty quick as yeah. well. Cause even though I did have symptoms for years prior, nowhere near, like you said, some people are really struggling to get that diagnosis for a long time, aren't they? So yeah. Like, like my very first symptom was, was when I told you, um, I never had anything before then. I mean, I look back on things now and cause I was living such a, you know a wild lifestyle as in I was working a hell of a lot of hours I was doing days and nights at the same time that you know maybe I could have been fatigued but I would I was just tired and uh, you know I've got that military mm. part of me that thinks that maybe there was times when I had certain symptoms and just brushed it off but I would the, yeah yeah sort yeah. of what, what a lot of people do with with, with MS but with um with, with the, the first symptom that I had was in my arm. And that's, that's never come back. So my arm's still still numb to this day. Right. Um, so so I, I kind of think that they, they called it relapsing remittent first off. But there's right. the, it's weird that there, there, can, there can be some parts of your MS that is relapsing remittent. And there can be some parts of your MS that are, you know, secondary progressive or primary mm. progressive, which is the... Which is the I kind of see the luck out of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone listening, the difference, well, I'm, I'm not going to, I'll describe a bit of what I know about relapse and remitting, so I'm no pro. <laughs> but for myself, you'll have like periods of time when you'll be in a relapse. So it can be a brand new flare up of like numbness or oh, sensation. Oh, the list is so long, isn't it? Like uh, stuff with optic neuritis, yeah. like blind whatever it is where it's like a a period of time where something is more extreme like fatigue than it usually is not saying that then I think a common misunderstanding is with it is when you're in um remitting time that everything is fine and dandy and that you feel fine like there's still symptoms and you can have flare-ups and everything with it but overall you have like peaks I guess where for myself if I have a relapse and it's quite a bad one I'll be given steroids to Mm. help bring the inflammation down and to settle it a bit um so it's interesting you said so when they first diagnosed you they diagnosed it as relapse and remitting 
Yeah, yeah, they did, um, and that, that's that's because um, so the the symptoms in my my legs. Uh, well, my legs kind of stayed, but they kind of came and gone quite quite quickly. So it'd be a day to day basis, but everywhere else it kind of left. Mm. And I think I was I was kind of almost relieved that it was all leaving, or or what I thought yeah. that it was all leaving. That you kind you kind of like yeah, I'm okay now. I'm good. I can I can crack on because I still wanted to compete in strongman. So I, I still uh, and I was also a bit um, a bit worried at work that I would lose my job because of, you know, that, that doubt of, are you going to be able to do it? Cause I was working in security and I was a, also a nightclub doorman. So, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell anybody what it was or I couldn't explain how, how, how it could be. So I was just kind of like brushing it away, kept, kept trying to get on with it, I guess. Um, and then, you know, in, in the background dealing with it, how, how you can, uh, if you can. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, because there's three types, correct me if I'm, there, there yeah. maybe might be a fourth one that I've heard some people mention. But so in general, relapse and remitting, primary progressive and then secondary progressive. Yeah. So is it secondary progressive that you've now? Yeah. So I've got secondary progressive, meaning that I've got lesions on my brain and my scar, um, on my spine that are scarred and they'll never go away. They're just, um, yeah. as they get attacked, they get worse. But the the the, the 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 nerve will ne- or the the nerve will never get better so i'll always mm. have problems the, the problems i've got now are problems i'm always going to have yeah. um which which is which sucks a bit but equally i'm a bit like well at least i know i've got these problems and i don't have to worry about them coming back and leaving and coming back um which is which is with relapse and remitting yeah you know that that is there's always a, a bit of a worry in your mind about how, how is it is it going to come back? Is it going to stay? Or, you know, I'm, I'm gracious enough to know that, you know, I'm not going to walk again. (laughs) So before we go on to the strongman stuff, if you don't mind me asking, have you taken any treatments um, since you've been diagnosed? No, so I I wasn't offered. um, I I did actually ask a liar. Um, So I was offered, um, is it plegatory? Uh, yeah, I don't know how you pronounce it, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I, is that I was the injection? Is that yeah, injection? so I was yeah. taking a, an injection every other day, um, and that was just when I was diagnosed. It was around the same time. Um, well, it wasn't before because they wouldn't <laughs> give it to you before. That'd be that'd be weird. But yeah, no, I was I was, I was given pleglatory, um, and then that was an injection every other day. But they. They think it gave me liver disease, so on on the back of that, I got a bit of liver disease, which um, they told me to stop taking it. And then ever since then, I wasn't offered anything else, um, and I was on that for probably you know about six months, maybe. And then mm. and then my, my my liver flare-ups happened. And then... is that anything to do with? Because obviously, I only have experience in like all the DMDs and the treatments offered for relapse and remitting, but. Is that because mostly most of the treatments are for relapse and remitting? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Because so there's, there's at the moment, for, from what I know, there's nothing for secondary progressive. Right. Um, but and then it wouldn't work when I was first given it because it wasn't almost, almost wasn't yeah, relapse and remitting, so it wasn't yeah. trying to stable. It wouldn't, but it, it it would work for symptoms I haven't got, but it wouldn't work for symptoms you have got, which is 
which is the crazy thing is that yeah. once you get pushed into secondary progressive uh, bracket there's almost like a a gift card and we'll see you later kind of <laughs> job uh, yeah and i think if there's been a a bit more of a focus lately i've noticed on primary progressive because i think for a long time yeah. that was really the case with that as well wasn't it it's like well this is what you've got good luck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah definitely day, so and it, there's almost you know my, my consultant seems to think there's there's kind of no there should be no bracket of primary progressive because you know, you get, you'll always get a symptom that you don't know about, he, he reckons. So, you know, something that, you know, because your brain's such a, you know, you don't use so much of it. So there might be a symptom that comes that is attacking a part of the brain that you're not using maybe before you were to get um, the, the symptoms that you know about. Yeah. So you could have MS for, for years and years before yeah. and just not know about it. So it's, it's a crazy game like that, but yeah, no, they are they are pushing a lot more on the the primary progressive treatment and research, which will only help secondary progressive yeah. in the long run. Yeah, so that's quite exciting to look at. So moving over to strongman, then for anyone listening that has no idea what that is, can we start there? Like, will you explain a bit about what it is, what the comp is? It would you describe it as a competition? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's it's competition that. You have the strongest person wins basically that you you've got an object that you need to go from a to b and then sometimes back down to a or sometimes just stays at b it, it, it could be as light as well depending on what category how, how elite you are in the sport so they have newcomer categories all the way up to to world strongest man that you see on channel five at christmas the you know you, you can lift anything from a hundred kilos to a thousand kilos and you see like pulling cars and tanks. Yeah, pull it, pulling cars, and pulling buses. Things. Yeah, that's yeah right. lifting Atlas stones, deadlifting mm. monster trucks and yeah, yeah it's, it's <laughs> such a any 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 they could anything they can think of that would be heavy <laughs> they they put on there. And it's also you know, you have to have a bit of stamina about it because yeah. sometimes you are having to, to go 20 metres, like, even though that's not far. When you're lifting that, can, yeah. It's on your back, it's, it's, yeah. it's quite far, yeah. <laughs> so when you first got into that, was it, like you said, because you just left the army and you were looking for something like another challenge or something to take part in? Yeah, so I, I was I was kind of struggling at the time. Um, I, I missed the army and I missed what, what it gave me. Uh, and I tried to join a backup again, but the army, it was a time they were making a lot of redundancies. So they said, they, they said no. Um, so I kind of had no push. And yeah, you know, I think I went for a run once after leaving the army and I got a bit bored. So I went to the gym and started lifting some, some, some weights and I thought I was quite strong at the time and uh, I remember picking something up and it, it must have been about 100 kilos and I was so impressed with myself and then I, I started researching like strongman and because um, I always used to watch it as a kid but you know I didn't really pay much attention to it yeah. um, so I, I I loved it and then started actually trying to get stronger and then my my wife's got a cousin who I never met before this this time he he was doing strongman in a strongman gym in uh, Swindon, which is the next big town over from us. And she saw him in town and just started saying, "Oh, Dave, 
Dave wants to get into strongman. Can you help him? Uh, and I got a phone call off off Sam, the guy I've never met before. He's like, "All right, Dave, it's Sam. What's up? It's Sam. It's two Sams." <laughs> and then he um he he said he had a spare ticket for Britain's strongest man. Did I did I want a, a road trip um to Essex and you know, not knowing what I was getting myself into because never met the guy before. Uh, <laughs> I went up and and then he he kind of had a wicked day and then we went to start training in a in a strongman gym after that. And I think um, from then it was only about three three or four months before I I signed up to my my first competition, which was uh, Swindon's Strongest Man. And I I think I came I came in the bottom six, mm. uh, but I, I I didn't care. I just had a, a great day and I loved it. and I couldn't wait wait for the um, next one what year roughly was all this uh that was in 2012 okay so i left the army in 2010 uh and then started strongman in two i think i started training in 2011 but then competing in 2012 so did you have much of a break between competing and then your diagnosis like what how you know how did you feel about picking it back up again because I'm guessing like you said there's different categories because now do you compete in um disabled world strongman yeah yeah I compete in disabled now but when I was um diagnosed I was diagnosed in I think it was around May time and because uh I was actually training for a competition and I was diagnosed and a few weeks later I actually competed um I think I did I've done I think that was the best performance I actually uh, had ever done even though I think maybe <laughs> maybe the numb arms and, and stuff helped because I couldn't, couldn't feel much pain yeah, um, <laughs> yeah yeah so I was actually still competing then and I competed in 2014 in Britain's Strongest Natural Man so, yeah. I, so uh, it was after after that competition I, I you know, slowly walked away because uh, I was struggling to walk from from strongman, mm. and it was because I ha- I, we went we went on a holiday to Turkey before the, about you know a, m- a month maybe before the the competition, and the, the heat I, I never never knew the heat could wipe you out. I heard stories, mm. but I never knew about it, and it was some real heat out there, and it just killed me for the mm. whole holiday and and beyond. And I went to that competition not feeling ready for the competition because I was struggling on my on my feet. I kept falling over. My, my hands were, you know, battered. So, but I qualified. Had I had to qualify for that competition, and I'd done so by winning uh, by coming third in the South of England's strongest man, uh, natural man that year. So, you know, I earned my spot. So I went. I wanted to go, but when I was there. I actually couldn't do any of the events because I wasn't strong enough and I kept falling over. And there was one event where you have to pick up 140 kilos to your chest and press it, but I could get it up. But as soon as it was there, it started crushing my legs and my legs started going from underneath me. So I was a bit annoyed about that and kind of said, I'm, I'm done with strongman now. And, and in 2015, I, I hobbled away. So then what made you decide to step back into it um so i was i was i was so bored with with life and i had no no direction and i got depressed and you know i was i was a guy who was used to being a lot 
yeah, doing a lot and being Big Dave and being able to lift a lot. And all my friends were still in the strongman scene as well. So I could see them carrying on and doing it. And, you know, I could only support them. Mm. But when when I would go to competitions to watch my mates, you'd have all the other people would be like, oh, when, when are you going to get back into it, Dave? Uh, when's, you know, you, you're looking good. Well, I wasn't looking good. But, um, yeah. they, you know, and I, I was just a bit like, oh, God, I wish everyone had just... Hard because there wasn't a clean break by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminder. Yeah, so so when I left the army, it was it was hard, but I, it was a clean break. So there there was no no chance he didn't see anyone that he used to be in the army with yeah. or anything. So when when leaving strongman, it was almost like there was always something trying to reel you back in. And um, I actually just saw a Facebook post. I didn't. It's it's crazy that disabled sport is is nowhere near as popular as able body sport and you know no matter what anyone says it's it's a million miles away from it so yeah. I, even though i was competing at able body strongman i didn't know about disabled strongman and you know that now that frustrates me so much that is that i should have should have supported the mm disabled community that they're trying to get out there and i'm only saying that because i'm disabled now you know at the time like you said it it just goes to show you were in strongman and still it wasn't pushed as much and you still didn't know about it so let alone people that aren't even in the same yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah so and then i saw a facebook video of mark mark smith who is a ex-grenadier guard and he, he's he's an amputee. He's lost lost his leg, um, and he was he was doing disabled strongman. And straight away, I was like, oh, this this is this is wicked." So I, just off the back of that, I just started looking into a bit more and saw there was a, a competition coming up, and just just entered it. And I I had the the experience of a, a strongman because doing it for able bodied and get, getting as as far as I did. So I still had the the knowledge of a strong man. So I wasn't going into it quite fresh. Mm. So I wanted to go into it and make a bit of a rumble in 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 the scene. And then as yeah, as soon as I saw his his video, I actually messaged him and he messaged back, and we become quite quite good friends. Um, yeah. And yeah, off the, off the back of that, I, I I found it again and started competing again, and I did my first uh, Britain's strongest. Uh, disabled man in 2017 and uh yeah well I said I didn't look back I I did I took a year off to because I never kind of got used to being disabled uh or or not accepted it so I took um 2018 off to kind of accept I I guess into it because it is a big especially because it wasn't a brand new you know competition to you so it I guess there's that adaption period of like okay I'm doing what I did but it's different kind of thing yeah and I was also I, I was needing a lot more mobility aids and I started going into a wheelchair more and I was, I was almost it, t- it took me a year to get used to all of that because yeah I was still a bit even though I had MS from 2014 and now we're in 2018 I wasn't I wasn't I didn't have to show it off as much as I did then, so I was, I was, you know, in mobility scooters and 
I was always, if someone saw me, I was always a bit embarrassed and then I was, I was trying to hide from people and it's hard to hide when, you know, you're this beautiful, it's, it just stands out in the crowd. Just... at the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I took that year off to kind of come to terms with it, I guess. But yeah, I loved Strongman again. It was, it was amazing. And I was still training for, for a Strongman. Um, so that, that was great. And then you had the, some massive success last year, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So in in 2020, uh, it, it was always a bit hit or miss whether the competition was going to go on yeah. because of uh, obviously 2020 yeah. being 2020. I don't think we need to talk about that. <laughs> but but yeah, it was always a bit hit or miss. So when we got the message saying, you know, we're, the only date we can hold this competition is uh, December 27th, so the day after Boxing Day, uh, world, world, this was world's strongest disabled man so there was no qualifiers usually you have to qualify but it was only invite only and, and basically if you wanted to go you could go if you wanted to be invited you could be invited so it was open to, to everyone and it was held all around the world it was all held virtually so there was there was a gym in in the UK and then a gym in America and a gym in Australia or depending how big the place is there might be two gyms that hold it but it was all done on the same day, roughly around the same time. Um, obviously time zones being a lot different. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, the, we, we held uh, Britain's strongest, uh, the world's strongest disabled man in in 2020 and I actually came second. So I was quite quite happy with that. I did, did all right. <laughs> yeah. And then at first in Britain, did I say? Yeah, yeah, the first in Britain as well. Yeah. Um, so it's the British champion that, that year and, uh, and second in the world and it, it did take a while to kind of sink in because we didn't know the results straight away because there was um, so we had, had our individual referees of, of that country but then all of the, the events was being filmed and everything had to get sent to Iceland who is, is the main organiser of um, the the Britons and the world, all of the disabled yeah. strongman is is held by uh, Magnus for Magnuson, who is, you know, a strongman legend in his own right. So we, it, it must have been about midnight when when I got the text that you know uh, you, you came second, Dave. I was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. Yeah. Back to bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but but it, it was honestly, I didn't realise how much of a big deal it was. Mm because I was a, I always brush things off of just I you know disabled yeah. or it's, it's not the actual world's strongest man or you know I'd be that person who's who gets a Paralympic gold and it's like it's not the actual Olympics yeah um, but it wasn't until I was kind of receiving a, a bit of attention about it that I kind of thought actually yeah the second second in the world at anything is is yeah. isn't too bad right. um, so so it's quite yeah and you know, it, it took, like I said, it took a while to sink in, but when it when it sunk in, I was I was pretty happy with it. I'm still still pretty happy with it. Yeah. Have you got any plans? What are your plans for this year? Are you going to be competing again? Are they? I suppose is, yeah, is still a bit unsure of what competitions will look like at the moment. Or um, they they are because we're in the disabled category. There are people there with you know cerebral palsy, or they, they could have more life-threatening um, disabilities than others it's it's kind of a play it by here kind of job but we've we've been told that 
we can expect to do Britain's Strongest Disabled Man in September. Okay. Um, so it's quite far away. So it, I, I imagine it will be okay to, to go ahead with that. But then we've got comp that competition in September. And then in um, October, there's the Arnold's, very first Arnold's UK, which is a huge sports festival, which Arnold Schwarzenegger hosts. And he'll actually be there. Yeah, so hopefully he might, might notice me. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Get your posts but, made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's a there's a comp they're holding a disabled strongman competition there, which would be really cool to do. Yeah. Uh, that's you know in in the strongman uh, able body strongman the Arnold's is is the biggest competition of the yeah. year. It's even bigger than the world's strongest uh, yeah. man because of yeah, the, I imagine the it gets yeah, yeah the prize money you get for that is is huge not in disabled but in able body strongman the the prize money you get is, is huge and and then we're we're gonna be looking at worlds as well on top of that and um also there's there's a competition in iceland i've always wanted to do which is the world's strongest viking they do a disabled category which you know i'd, I'd love to to be yeah. the world's strongest disabled viking that'd be yeah. quite cool um but really I, I was, I was a bit disappointed when they said it was September because like, it seems such a long way away. But the year we're having is, you know, set, as long as it's in April already. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I kind of thought that I'd like to do a few. Um, I'd like to, to I'm trying to raise awareness for Disabled Strongman to, to get it out there. Mm. Uh, so, sorry, my, my kids just showed Oh, no, you're things. absolutely fine if you need to. Um, uh, no, 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 shit at me. I was just tied somewhere. So, <laughs> so, yeah, but um, I want to get disabled strongman out there more. So I'm gonna try to. I've already been invited to a few able-bodied competitions to do some demos, whether it's you know pulling a truck in my wheelchair or mm. you know bench pressing a car or or something, just to get the name of disabled strongman out there because I can't, I don't see why we you know I understand why we can't have the on the same platform as as the world's strongest man but we should be on a better platform than what we're on now that you know a lot a lot of to say it can't be different but equal like you said like not then i guess on the same platform yeah but at least beside it yeah yeah on a platform yeah it's just a different element of the competition yeah exactly and that's that's kind of the same for all disabled sports i think that you know even if it's wheelchair bodybuilding or or you know, amputee football, they're, they're such cool and unique sports that they, they should be, you know, noticed more by, yeah. by, by the, the world. And I think once, once you see it, you're like, wow, this is pretty incredible. So, Which yeah, I kind of want to... really well with your new project, the podcast that you've got up and coming. That's around yeah. different, it's not just strongmen, is it? It's different athletes from different um Yeah, so... So this is all disabled sports I'm 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 looking into, and I, I really I really started it because, like like I just said that you kind of when I was first diagnosed, I didn't even know about the the disabled sport of the sport I was playing, which you know annoys me like hell now. Uh, but there there also wasn't anything pushed out there. Yeah. So if I can try and push these sports out there. Um, disabled sports and the incredible athletes that that come with it. So, it, the the podcast is called Talking Bull, and that's that's play on words because I'm a sitting bull, and <laughs> I just talk, but I still sit. So it's, yeah. Uh, so I, I I've I've spoken to some amazing 
amazing athletes that you know they, they've had a hard journey to get to where they are that they they need to be noticed so i've been i've been speaking to um this this girl from america who was she was born in russia she had, was born with a condition uh, to her legs and when she was she she was uh she was given actually that the only chance that she could survive is if her parents put her up for adoption and she moved to america um for a better life i yeah. know right and then she um at 14 years 14 years old she was told that she she has to make a decision whether to take her amputate both of her legs or or, or keep on her um you know disabled legs almost and and she made that decision and now she's never looked back she plays she plays um, sled hockey for for women's USA team at 17 years old, and she's she's training for for the Paralympics in Nordic skiing as well. Which you know, I, I didn't know anything about Nordic skiing, uh, uh, disabled Nordic skiing until until this 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 interview with with uh, Lira. Sorry. <laughs> But yes, so so I'm speaking to amputee footballers. I'm speaking to wheelchair bodybuilders, and you know, sled hockey. I'm I'm, I'm going as as far and as wide as I can go, really, to so I can learn about these sports, and so we can push them out there as well, because there are some yeah. incredible people doing these incredible things, and also it, I want to try and inspire the the next generation, I suppose of people who, who kind of think they can't do something just because you're disabled i mean you you can still have dreams and you can still get to your dreams it's just you know the road might be a bit more accessible for you to get to it but you know you can still get there yeah that's so true that it really is two elements to it because it would be great to give all the different athletes a platform and like you said yeah. a lot of people aren't aware of the work that is done in disabled sports so yeah. it would be great to like educate people and just highlight it so more people like show an interest and look into it but also because there's such a a lack of that being represented yeah. people are going to feel aren't they like oh i can't do that because that's an able body sport or i couldn't do that so it's equally really good then yeah for people to see yeah and if you if you can push these um athletes out there and they 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 are role models and you know if if someone was to look at the if someone in in a similar situation was to look at these people you you would see them as role models and yeah that would only push their sport higher as well mm. so it's, so by getting more more views and more notices that yeah. they, they their sports will grow because that's that's ultimately the aim of of all disabled athletes i guess is their for their disabled sport to grow yeah and i find your story really interesting in particular because you will see on the occasion like um people that step into disabled sports when they've probably had no experience in it previously it's like yeah. new to them and so the disabled sport is like the first thing of it so i find it really inspiring that you were doing this prior because some people might feel like Oh, like you had that time of like, well, I can't do this anymore. So yeah. that's off the cards. So yeah. I think that's equally just as inspiring, if more, not more so than, you know, than setting your mind to it and taking up something new to go back to something that you previously did, but in a whole different like situation. Yeah. That that's, that's... will encourage so many people that are in that boat of like competing in something and 
getting you know getting ill an injury like whatever it is that that doesn't have to be the end of that sport or yeah i, I like I, I do a lot of blogs now or a, a lot of articles and i always finish it off by saying um i used to be a standing strong man now i'm a sitting strong man but i'm still a strong man mm-hmm. um so I, I was i was it was it was clear that i always loved doing strongman and you know it, it just by me doing it still now after the journey that that i've had it's it's clear that you know i i did love it and i still love it and i i can't wait to c- compete again and you don't have to lose your dreams in 2012 i i started doing strongman i wanted to be the strongest man i could be and that's still my dream now and you know i've, I've gotten closer to to the dream of of being the world's strongest man, albeit disabled man, I'm still the, the world's strongest man. But I'm not. I'm not quite there yet. I've, I've still got one person to beat. <laughs> get them down. But testament to that you are inspiring people. If people head over to your Instagram, that young lad that you post shared the other oh, day. Don't. I know. Don't. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'll put all of your um instagram and everything like that in the show notes so that when the podcast and everything is live i'm sure you'll advertise it on there won't you so people yeah yeah of course yeah i'm I'm just gonna use the same page i think for it as i'm not gonna create a new uh, account because i think i think the following from from the response i've had the following i've I've had would want to yeah people that are on that page are definitely going to be interested yeah yeah definitely and and, and back to that 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 kid I've, I've never yeah. met him before and that that just you know if there was any other doubts of why i was doing strongman i mean it's crazy because i'm doing it because i love it I, if if nobody noticed it i'd still be doing it but to to be able to say that someone is 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 kind of dressed up as you and gone to their their comic relief day uh, as you i didn't know what to do i was i was shocked i, I don't usually get like yeah. shut down but if, if it was a practical joke then I, it would have been the best practical joke <laughs> ever it shut me up and, but i think this thing i think yeah i get that because obviously inspiring adults fantastic like i said you know sharing your story kind of automatically does that it's not like yeah. that's right i'm gonna set out and this is what i'm gonna do it's just through being open and honest but there's yeah. something about it getting through to somebody so young and impressionable and yeah. the joy that must bring that it's that realization for them as well like yeah so he doesn't care about what i was before now yeah he doesn't care that i used to do able body strong man or he doesn't care that i've got a mess he's just seeing somebody in a wheelchair yeah, like that's awesome yeah that, yeah that's, that's it and do you know what if if i can inspire the you know the ne- next generation of you know, potential strongman because that's that's what I want. I want more to do strongman, but yeah. I can inspire them to to follow their dreams, whether it's you know wh- whatever dream they they have. Then it's just just keep on dancing. I think, uh, as Tina Turner would say, exactly. And that's <laughs> even if you're not. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, like I'm not a sporty person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's still, totally fine. I still feel like there's a lot from you sharing your journey that can be taken away and placed into anyone's life it's yeah that, I hope so. it's essentially it's that a diagnosis doesn't is not the end of your life doesn't write off yeah i mean if, yeah. if you were to look at if i was to go back to 2010 <laughs> you know still in the army 
my, my last posting in the army, I was climbing up and down mountains every day. That, that was, that was my job to take mm. people on adventure training, uh, mountain hiking. It, it, it was horrible. It, it was, it was the worst job I ever did because, you know, you're walking up and down mountains every day. It's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> but if I, if I was there stood at the top of Ben Nevis and someone said to me in 2020, you're going to be using a wheelchair full time. You're going to have all these issues with you. I'd, I'd be like, no, it's, this, this can't be right. And, you know, when it did happen and I did have to start using the wheelchair, that's when I thought, shit, oh, this, this, oh, sorry, swearing, I don't know if you... No, yeah, you're, you're, you're good. You can swear, <laughs> I swear away. <laughs> I was on a podcast before and someone told me off swearing. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and... I'm 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 still the same person, if not a stronger person, mentally and physically, even being in a wheelchair. So it doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore. Like crawling up the stairs to 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 see what what always decorated up there doesn't doesn't bother me anymore. Whereas it 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 would have and it it would have if if I didn't have to do it. But now I have to do it. It doesn't bother me, and it's not going to stop me from from doing what what I want to do um you, you just have to find ways around around things basically yeah. and there is always a way there is always a way and do you know what? it might not come today it might come another day but it's, it's gonna come and there, there is always a way and sometimes I, I get a lot of inspiration from just watching random not watching random people <laughs> I'm gonna cut it there <laughs> 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 watching random people on kind of like Instagram how they get around and how they do things that's kind of how I learn how to do things I guess and yeah just, just people everywhere doing things I guess that kind of broke me that, that comment then <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to insert I need to learn how to insert like a clip of an applause or something at certain times <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah thank it's you all, it's so all learning. that's alright that's cool that's good. I had a good chat. It's always good to talk. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's nice as well, isn't it? Just to just to see where it goes and not too structured because yeah, absolutely. Follow and when I was real. filming the fir- yeah when I was filming the first few um, episodes, I was I was trying to I was trying to structure it all, and I you know I sat down for for a whole day and, and worked out what I'm going to ask and what I'm going to do, but it kind of flows because they'll mention something they'll be like oh okay, hang on a minute and yeah, yeah it's, it's always uh, mm-hmm. i prefer now just learning what you want to learn and just getting it out of the way really exactly because if you do have then like a set quite whatever it is if someone brings up something really interesting you run the risk of sort of cutting them short and being like oh well anyway <laughs> on to my next yeah one. <laughs> yeah or if you're not if you you might ask the same question that they've just answered or yeah yeah <laughs> get a bit crazy then but yeah thank you ever so much and like i said i'll pop all of your deets in the show notes in the description so everyone can head over there and follow you yeah yeah follow uh, ears peeled i don't know if that's the same keep your eyes peeled (laughs) keep your ears peeled for the podcast it's it's weird peeling both of them to be fair (laughs) peel them both (laughs) and you'll see something Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll speak <laughs> or not, if you, if you peel your eyes, I'm at, yeah, yes. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>